to do something that I did not think that we were going to do in 2022, and that's open the Just Baseball show with a conversation about a Pirates-Reds game. What are we doing here? And you know what's crazy is it's like the only way that we could have possibly been talking about it was that nobody did anything and somehow someone won. So Hunter Green did something. Hunter yeah, Green true. got that through, what, seven and two-thirds, no-hit ball. But Phenomenal. here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to keep on pointing out, and we'll get into it a little bit farther in depth. We're also going to talk about the Mets. We're going to talk about Robbie Ray and Albert Pujols uh, not getting a save, but finishing a game yeah. and the, finishing a win, which is super exciting. You know but no, I was going to say, we'll get to it, but I was going to say, we should still call it a save. If you're a position player and you close out a win, if it's within 10 runs, save. No, <laughs> respectfully disagree. <laughs> hold, hold, give him hold. a hold. That's, All right, that's you know what? Anyways. Give Albert Pujols a hold. I, I'm absolutely <laughs> in on that. Uh, but let's talk Pirates Reds up top because Hunter Green got through a seven and two thirds innings. Um, he was no hit. Great. Let's walk through his line uh, because Hunter Green, uh, seven and a third, no hit, one earned run, nine punch outs five walks he threw 118 pitches in seven and a third innings of work so green got hit with a loss and he was no hit the reds did not allow a hit and i i read mlb's um clarification on why this is not a no hitter because obviously the pirates won at home so reds pitching only needed to throw eight no hit innings so consider it like the madison Bumgarner thing where it's not a no hitter it's eight no hit innings uh but the Pirates won a game where they didn't have any hits. And I think I read that was the sixth time in Major League history that that happened. That's actually a lot. Also, what did they call it for Mad Bum? It was a notable achievement. A notable achievement. So this is a notable achievement for the Cincinnati Reds, which is their only notable achievement so far this year. I, I don't even know if it's notable achievement. It's more like just impressive L. Doesn't it amplify the failure? I think it does to a degree. It's like you did everything you possibly could do right on the mound and you still lost okay so i'll push back on that no because green walked five guys yeah yeah but doesn't it also kind of undermine the the value of a no hitter and i hate i hate being that guy but it's like if you could fundamentally lose a baseball game with a no hitter uh and so many of them have happened now because guys are effectively wild to me, it's really perfect game or or I wouldn't say bust, but like perfect game or it's much less impressive at this point. I, I'm forgetting who tweeted this out. This might have been C. Trent. No, you know what? It was Nick Kirby. That's one of Clay Snowden's guys. Nick, uh, Nick Kirby of uh, what? Late late night Reds or Reds talk late night. You know what I'm He's talking great. about? I love Nick Kirby, though. Nick Kirby's yeah, awesome. Nick Kirby's the man. With so a great Nick- red show. Just look him up on Twitter. He's got a great red show. Exactly. His, his Twitter handle is Nicholas P. Kirby. But Nick Kirby tweeted something along the lines of, it's hard for me to understand how um, nine innings, no hits, 
five walks is better than nine innings, one hit, no walks. You know what I like? I think one hit, no walks is way more impressive than way more what impressive. Hunter Green just did. That's I, I'm with you 100%. That being said, what an outing from Hunter Green. He, he scattered the walks. And again, like we're still going to mention that this was a great outing overall. Scattered the walks, got a lot of swings and misses. For the most part, when he wasn't walking guys, locating the fastball well at the top of the zone. And we know that's the difference for him, right? Like that's the difference maker is can you locate the fastball at the top of the zone, not middle, middle, have it running to the other side, have it starting on the inside and catching the inside corner. I mean, that's what you want to see from him. 11 whiffs on the slider though, Jack. I mean, that was really mm-hmm. encouraging too. four whiffs on the heater uh, and he threw two changeups. Um, so that that's, that's the big thing for him. We got to see him start to throw that more and more. Yeah. And, and to be totally honest, a, at this point in his career, at this point in his pitching progression, this is the best outing that he can put together. And, and, and I think that's great. It's exciting. It, it, it is. Yes. It's exciting. And, you know, you get the alert on MLB.com. You get the push notification that there's a no hitter going on right now. And with a name as enticing as that, hooray. Right. Yeah. Uh, but here I am just raining on Hunter Green's parade here. What do you think his strike percentage was yesterday? Oh, gosh. It, it probably wasn't high. It was 58%. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Um, you know, and green's going to be phenomenal though. And like, that's, I want, I also want that to be clear. I think we're both very much Hunter green believers, but I mean, this is a testament to the, the lack of command a little bit. I, I thought that there was more time needed in triple a, but you know what, with pitchers, I always think it's, it's a little bit more holistic where if you feel a pitcher can actually make those strides with the big league coaching and big league, uh, you know, just resources, that's totally fine. Hunter Green's still developing right now. The Reds know they're not winning the World Series this year, so he might as well be in AAA. He's developing every time he's out there, which yeah. is why I was shocked to see them stretch him out to 118. That was uh, ridiculous. I thought that, that was a very bad decision. Horrible. We have Clayton Kershaw, you know, out here in a perfect game deciding to, to, to shut it down. And I don't know if that was his decision, but was willing to shut it down with one inning to go. I look at Hunter Green, I'm like, this guy has his whole life ahead of him, uh, his whole career ahead of him. And I, I already think as we look at it now, this guy is going to have better outings than he had, even if he completed that no hitter. I think he will have a better outing. And getting back to your original point there that and the, the nod to Nick Kirby, like he's going to have better than even nine innings, five walks, no hits. I, I think there will be maybe it'll be nine innings, one hit, no walks, but there will be better outings in Hunter Green's career. He should not be stretched out to 120 when he has never been stretched out like that in his professional career. I think Hunter Green in the next six years is going to throw a no-hitter. I, I really do believe that. I think he's going to throw a no-hitter. He's got you know the, the athleticism and the stuff to do it. And you mentioned that the slider was elite. How many swings and misses on that yesterday? 11. 11. Yeah, so like Fantastic. the slider's really good. We know how good the fastball is. This guy has as lethal a two-pitch mix from a starting pitcher as anybody in Major League Baseball at the moment. And he just started, what, his seventh career game? So yeah. you shouldn't be worried about Hunter Green at all. And you absolutely shouldn't be worried because he just threw seven and a third of no-hit baseball. But 118 pitches. I can't get over that. That the Reds and left him out. Sixty-five sliders. Sixty-five sliders. Dude, you're you're turning this kid into a ticking time bomb, and I understand that he's already had Tommy John. And you made the analogy that that we both heard. You know, your your UCL turns from a rubber band to a chain link fence, yeah. right? When you have Tommy John, but 
He's not old. He's a young pitcher. He has seven starts into his major league career. If you want his shelf life to expand beyond 2022, you don't throw him in a 118 pitch outing and start seven of his major league career in mid-May. Yeah. The, the idea of 65 sliders is really what gets at me here. It's like, I just don't need to see with that arm speed, just throwing 65, 90 plus mile an hour sliders. And, and I think that's also part of him adjusting is like, I got to, which is nuts to say, I got to mask the fastball a little bit more, yeah. um, which is, which is nuts uh, because, but the fastball has been the hardest hit pitch in major league baseball. Uh, just, just to finish on a positive note with Hunter green, I think we saw flashes of, of what could be one of the best pitchers in the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, when, when he was spotting the fastball at the top of the zone, it was a joke. Uh, Pitching Ninja had a few really good uh, clips of of him spotting that fastball, but it was almost the effective wildness that he had, right? It was fastball chaotically located and then fastball right on the corner. Um, But those pitches, you can start to see what will make him an extremely, extremely difficult uh, pitcher to hit. And uh, I mean, we got We got a little bit of a glimpse of it. I think we're going to continue to see more and more, but he's going to need to throw more than two changeups if he wants to get himself to that next level. And, um, you know, that's kind of what we're waiting to see is how, what's that changeup going to look like? hundred percent. And I, I think we know that when Lodolo comes back from this lower back thing, he's going to, that one, two punch is going to be exciting again. Joey Votto is rehabbing in AAA Louisville at the moment. This offense is getting a teensy bit better. Like the reds are not the three and 21 reds that started this season. John India hasn't been in the fold either. Tyler Stevenson hurt back swinging it now hurt again unfortunately like if the reds have everybody like they're not good but they're not a historically bad team to your point um i mean john india and a healthy uh you know cruising joey Votto make make a big difference and tyler stevenson as well those are three really good players two fringe all-stars and a fringe hall of famer uh so you know i'm, I'm in on those three being healthy and making the team a little bit more watchable yeah, and by the way, check out JustBaseball.com because they are not the worst team in baseball anymore on our newest power rankings. There is Ooh. another team that is the worst team in baseball at the moment. Um, let's talk about Robbie Ray because you saw him throw. That was a heck of a series in Queens this weekend, man. What a freaking series between Seattle and the Mets. Oh, my mom was in town um, and she wanted to catch a game and we caught uh, the Sunday afternoon game. And... Uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun because she's asking me questions. She's like, you know, what's the deal with this pitcher? And I was like, oh yeah, this guy won the Cy Young, you know, last year um, in, in reference to Robbie Ray, obviously. And um, she's like, you're, you're messing with me. Like, cause every once in a while I'll tell her, I'm like, no, 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 yeah, th- this guy, you know, he's worth about $500 million. And I'm looking at like Brandon Drury. Oh um, yeah. Just to see if she can pick it up or not. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I'm doing it with Robbie Ray and, um, I'm telling her, oh, he won the Cy Young last year. And she's watching this guy just kind of throw, you know, mid-90s meat. And uh, she's like, really? Like, And she's like, you got to stop messing with me, Arm. Like, if you really want me to learn the game, like, stop messing with me. And I'm like, no, Mom, I swear. Robbie Ray did win the Cy Young. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those where it's like, even going into the game, I, w- I texted you. I was like, I've never been less excited to go watch a, a reigning, you know, Cy Young champ. Unless or, you saw Rick Porcello after that Cy Young year. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that, that would guaranteed be the least. Oh, I'm going to watch this guy get so much run support. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I, no, I, I, I just look, and not to, to 
take anything away from Robbie Ray. He was phenomenal last year, but he has not looked the same this year. It's early. Um, and yeah, it's just, just what it, what it boils down to. I wasn't excited to watch him pitch and it became true. He wasn't exciting to watch pitch. Welcome to the club, man. Are you, are you on my train too? That Robbie Ray, like Gosman was better than Ray. I was saying that all off season. Are you on that's, that club? man? That's that is very fair. Very true. Um, I, I, I think you are spot on there. I think Robbie Ray has better days ahead. Um, but the problem with him is that, you know, the VLO is back down a, a hair. The VLO bump was the only reason why he was good. You know, the other reason that he was good was he stopped walking a billion guys per nine innings. And here he is leading the American League in walks issued among starting pitchers. He's walked 18 guys in 48 and two thirds innings. Robbie Ray lost command again, everybody. His walks per nine is up by one again. Robbie Ray is a one hit wonder, I promise. Oh, gosh. Would that make you happy? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an I told you so. <laughs> I mean, he got his bag. He's doing great. Yeah, he's fine. Listen, he's fine. I like, this guy is more than okay being a one-hit wonder because he got a nine-figure deal. Perfect. You got it. Yeah. I, you know what's surprising to me, though, man, is I look at Tia. And again, like I, I, he's going to be better than this. He's not going to lead the league in walks by the end of the year. I really don't think so. I think he can be a you know, high threes ERA guy, maybe low fours. But the thing is, is he's not going to be the same as the high threes, low fours guys, because every once in a while he's going to go out and he's going to deal. I still think you're going to have those days where he comes out and he shoves. Uh, but I'm surprised that the Seattle Mariners, a team that, you know, is I know they want to win now and, and they've been a bit more aggressive and I love it, but that's the splash you make monetarily. Like that's, that's the big money splash you make is Robbie Ray buying high. On a team that's pretty forward-thinking, an organization that's pretty yeah. forward-thinking, that was surprising to me at the moment, and it's even more surprising now when you know when you see the way it's aged. It, they could have done a lot more with that money. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but you didn't like it at the moment. I'm not gonna say you know I hated it. I kind of thought, okay, he's still gonna be good, but like for a hundred something million dollars, the Mariners don't spend that every day. When you sign up for what it was, it was five years, one ten for Robbie Ray. Is that right? Five years, one fifteen. That takes him through twenty twenty six. Five years, one hundred and fifteen million dollars. You're committing that to a guy that you think is going to be the one for the duration of the deal. That's his age thirty to thirty five season. He's not going to be the one. He might not even be the four by the time this deal is up. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. And, That's and a mess. Is, which is crazy to me because again, like. Kevin Gosman got the same amount roughly and, and Gosman had the bad second half and we were like, Oh, little, you know, a little, and bad is, is subjective. It was just yeah. not as dominant as his first half. It wasn't, a, it was more of an average. Second half. Right. And we're looking at that and we're like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to give that guy five years. Robbie Ray's been that his whole career, right? Like good, yes. bad, bad, Thank bad, you. good, bad, good, bad. And then phenomenal. And so it's just funny to me that we take the small sample size and I'm guilty of this here. Like this, this is me also making fun of myself here. And I'm like, Oh, like Gosman was iffy in the second half. And, and then we look at Robbie Ray and we're like, Oh, he dominated all year long. What about the larger sample size of a decade? Mm -hmm. You know? And I know that Gosman was not as good before and really put it together at the end. But I think that was a very tangible change. It was a new pitch. It was, it was, you know, improved command with, a dominant, dominant splitter. 
that wasn't the case with Ray. It was like, oh, he's throwing harder and he's not walking people at the highest clip of, of, of the league, right? Like, it's just interesting to me, the psychology of it. And, and I'm just surprised that this was, it seemed a little bit forced from the Mariners. Even at the time, I liked it. Still seemed a little forced. It looks really forced now in the early going. Isn't that Jerry DePoto's game though? Is it though? Like, is it? I think that he's great in amateur scouting. Um, I think that AJ Preller is great in amateur scouting. I don't think those two guys are very good at the big league moves. Okay. I, I didn't hate like Winker Suarez. Like I, I, I didn't, but I don't it. love it. Do you love it? Winker's off to a slow start. Not worried about it. He, he I think he needed that, that Mets series. You talk about how great. Oh my God. To he circle back, to circle back. The series was a blast. Um, Winker. I didn't know. I, and it's funny. I feel like I'm like out of touch here. I didn't know the backstory on Winker waving to, to Mets fans in 2019. Did you know about that? No, I didn't know that. I just saw that he was waving to Mets fans and they were giving him shit all weekend long. And it was hilarious. No. So what happened was in 2019, Winker made a sliding grab uh, down the line in, in left field to end the game. It was the last catch or the last out of the game. And as he makes that sliding catch up against the wall, you know, you have the fans looking down on you. He's looking up at the fans always on his back. And he waves at him. He gets up and he's, you know, running back into the infield to go celebrate the win with his team. And he's waving at Mets fans. And obviously Mets fans hated that. Oh, yeah. So he's been booed ever since. So he goes out there now in in this series and hits that three-run shot. Was It it was a three-run shot or hits the bomb Mm -hmm. to to really just put them back in the game. And uh, pimped the living hell out of it. Was in the box while it landed. And then, you know, as he touched home, wave to all the Mets fans and uh it's like a it's like a love hate thing I don't think Mets fans really hate him it's more like uh I respect you and this is a fun little back and forth but Jesse Winker excuse me had nothing but good things to say about Mets fans like they're so passionate I love what we've got going on right now and I've seen a bunch of different Mets fans like I hate this man so much I respect him and it's like it's just it's a really cool healthy like rivalry that is a lot of fun for baseball and, and I'm, I'm here for it i like when guys play into it too i i like when you know they play into that with a fiery fan base like the mets now not fiery in a bad way because i think you know similar to the mets fan base which is fiery in the best way philly is fiery in a very good way granted philly has been ugly at times but for the most part those are eagles fans uh but you know philly's fans are very fun and you see it with alec Bohm. guys hitting like 315 right now Bohm yeah. has been awesome since he got the he monkey helped. off his back. He just needed exactly, the crowd behind dude. Him. He held himself accountable, uh, and Philly fans loved that. And now I bet if you ask any Philly fan on the street, you know, aside from Harper, they might be saying Alec Bohm is one of their favorite players right now. Do you think Yankee fans have that same that same reaction? No, I think it's more bad hate. I think the Yankees are more bad hate. I think Phillies and Mets fans are a little bit more constructive. And I, I enjoy I hate painting that. the broad brush, but like, but come on Yankees and Red Sox <laughs> fans. Like they're not the overall yeah. temperament is different than Phillies and Mets fans. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause you know, when we talk about like an entire fan base, I know like individual people, Sometimes it'll be like, oh, that's not true. Maybe it's not true for you. Like, don't take it personally. You're good. You know, don't you're, take it personally fine. at all. Like Bears fans get shit on all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love my Italian beef, but I don't say the Bears. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> the bears. No, it's so that type of thing. Back to, yeah, I get that for sure. And then back to the series real quick. Uh, I got to really see the J-Rod show too, which yeah. was awesome. Um, you know, four for four. 
the home run. So we were sitting on like the third base side. The home run, not only did it whiz past, you know, like really quickly whiz past us. It was also one of those that hit the seats, dude, and like shot up 20 feet in the air. It, it hit the seats and still had so much behind it that it was like shot up, pinballed. Like everyone got out of the way of that ball. Um, he was phenomenal in, in every aspect. He looks great in center. The only thing with J-Rod that I – and I don't know if it's just like a confirmation bias thing. The guy makes more blunders on the base paths than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. Every time I tune in, he's, he's, he's fucking up on the base paths. And, like, he's super young. He hasn't even played more than 50 games above the, the, the high A level. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, the game's fast. But he has made a lot of base running blunders. And that stuff catches up. But you know what? Who, who cares when you're going four for four and playing plus defense in center, which nobody expected. Have you heard the acronym TOOTBLAN? No. TOOTBLAN, T-O-O-T-B-L-A-N. It's in MLB.com's glossary. TOOTBLAN, thrown out on the bases like a nincompoop. That's an actual acronym that people use, TOOTBLAN. So I think J-Rod leads the league in TOOTBLAN. But he's also up there in stolen bases. So J-Rod show. He's just fine. Yeah. So I don't, it, I don't it, understand the show thing. Like, j-rod show you couldn't you just call him j-rod yeah that it's supposed to like it's like show hey like that that makes sense right show show hey j-rod show doesn't really make sense yeah it should just be j-rod but he calls himself j-rod show like i understand what you do is a show like yeah the spectacle is called the j-rod show but people call him j-rod show you I, know I don't get it you know what I'm here for a player marketing himself, but sometimes maybe you got to lean on uh, the marketing experts uh, to, to, to help you with that a little bit. I'd say so. Use your PR team. Uh, what kind of magic does this Mets team have? That never, they never say die, man. Like as cliche as that is, they're, they're never out of it. Um, I mean, that comeback almost at the end was, was pretty amazing. It was second rider they get to, and then they almost got to Castillo who made the ballsiest three, two pitch I've ever seen. Uh, 3-2 slider to Pete Alonzo, uh, you know, to get him chasing, which, you know, it's one of those where I'm walking out of it. I'm walking out of the stadium and I'm hearing a bunch of fans, you know, and I get it. Like if you didn't play it at like a super high level or, you know, don't have an opportunity to talk to players, you're not going to totally understand like what, what it's like in the box there. But they're like, oh, if you just didn't swing at that, it'd be tied, mm -hmm. bro. 3-2 slider. And, and Diego Castillo is one of the best sliders in the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, three, two, disgusting slider when, I mean, could you imagine if it was a fastball and he goes down looking with the bases loaded? Everybody would have lost their collective minds. Um, but but back to, to answer your question, they're never out of it. They never feel like they're out of it. And uh, that is one of the big signs of a team that can do big time things and make big time noise is have the pitching, obviously. But when you're losing, when the pitching doesn't hold up, feel like the offense can get you back into any game and that offense, they had three triples. Uh, they do all the small things, which really stands out to me, right? Like McNeil's moving the base runner over. Um, they do a little bit of everything, which makes them extremely scary to me. hundred um, percent. And then they also have one of the best closers in the game. And I, I know this guy has been shit on constantly over the last couple of years because he was the big money guy and he came over to New York with Robinson Cano, but Edwin Diaz, has a 49% punch out rate right now. We're getting to that point where the sample size is getting large enough that like, that's pretty stupid. He looks disgusting. I'm sure you've been watching like he is a hundred with a gross slider. 
This and it's just electric arm speed. He jumps at you. The ball just explodes out of his hand. You know he's already ninth all time in Mets and saves in Mets franchise history. He's twenty eight years old too. I mean, this guy is like, you know, he he's had some some brutal stretches, um, but I mean, if we're just looking at like a the save numbers and b the electricity, the gross stuff. He's very reminiscent of the early goings of Craig Kimbrell's career, where oh, he comes in when he's on, he comes in and the game is over and there's no it's doubt over. about it. It's, it's absolutely over. Um, and like that's he has that feeling to him right now. I, I know like the Marlins blew a lead. I was watching the game and, um, you know, they blow a lead in the ninth and then Josh Hader comes in with a one run lead. I'm like, this game's over. over. And, again, like you don't even you don't even have that hope. Either, there's just nothing there. Um, Edwin Diaz is there. Uh, maybe there's one or two other guys we could probably get into that are still that way in the game. But it, there's one thing to be a good closer. It's another thing to just have that like game over, uh, just just shadow that you carry. Uh, he has that right now. And uh, 27 Ks and 15 innings will do that. Uh, eight saves already. I think by the time he's done, which is crazy because his dominant season, his 57 save season came in 2018 with the Mariners. I expect the Mets to continue with Diaz because – Closer is a tough gig. And I'm saying oh, continue yeah. for like the next five years. I think he gets extended. Closer is a tough gig. Closer in New York may be the toughest gig. I don't care. Yankees, Mets, whatever. Closer in New York might be the toughest gig. He signed through 2022 and then that's it. I'm expecting the Mets to extend him, especially after this big year. And it's funny how he's pitching really well in this career year or in this contract year. But the, the psychology of it, too, you know, to be able to pitch at this level in the ninth inning in New York, I, I think he's the guy for the Mets for the foreseeable future. I'm with you. You're right. It's very hard for a big market team to find a successful closer. And, you know, Chapman has gone through his ebbs and flows, but right now Chapman has the feel that he comes in and the game's over. At this moment, at this very moment, um, there are only a handful of guys that have that game over feel. Hater for sure has that game over feel. Um, Diaz has that game over feel. I do think Araldis Chapman has it right now, but I don't even think Romano has it. I don't think Taylor Rogers has it. Um, I, Liam Hendricks does not have it whatsoever no. at the moment. That guy is poof, brutal at the moment. It's yeah. And which is crazy because he, he did have that kind of, you know, feel to him, uh, over the last couple of years. And that's what 50, you know, something million dollars will do. Uh, Taylor Rogers I think might get there soon because he part of the game over, I think it, like the game over index that we're talking about, which yeah. I, I think any baseball fan can, can attest is palpable. I, I, I think part of it is the nasty stuff, right? You see one Oh two and you see this sword swing because closers get some of the ugliest swings you're ever going to see. Right. Like that's yeah. why they're closers. Taylor Rogers doesn't quite have that. So you, you almost have this like, okay, we can maybe run into one here. But once a guy gets to like 20 something saves in a row or, or, or 20 for 22, you start to get to the point where like, oh, he's just going to get us out. Rogers is getting there. I, I think with another another strong month, like if he finishes out May the way he has been pitching, Rogers, even though he doesn't have that devastating stuff, he's going to be the game over guy just through like, oh, I just don't know how anyone scores against him because he's been he's been phenomenal. But yeah, it is crazy. There's not that many of those closers where you're like, it's over. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there are more than five at the eight. Like you can throw Romano into that if you want, but Romano just blew a save. There we go. Yeah. 
Um, let's wrap with Pujols because Pujols does not get credit with a save. We decided that he gets credit with a hold um, because what? It was a 10 run win. Uh, well, he inherited a 10 run lead, right? And then Joey Fart hit a home run against him in the ninth. Yes. Okay. Yes. Joey Vard got his home in, in an 0-2 count, I think, or a 1-2 count, mind you. He was behind. Um, <laughs> Joey Vard got his homer. That's going to bump the stats up a little bit. Uh, it was Bart that homered and then somebody else homered as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Because I, I loved it, obviously. But when I first saw Pujols go in, I was like, well, wait a second. The Cardinals are winning. Usually that's something you do when you're down by 13 runs. Uh, he inherited what was, I think, a 13-run lead. Um, yeah. And he gives up four in the ninth. They win by nine, so it doesn't matter. If you're the Giants, are you feeling disrespected by that? And so let's get to And I'm here for it. I love that they did it. I love that the Cardinals did it, and I'm all in. I, I, I have zero issue. I love it. It was one of the best things I've seen in a while. But unwritten rules-wise, if we're getting pissed at a 3-0 swing late in the game, are we pissed at uh, at a Albert like are we pissed at an Albert Pujols coming in and disrespecting you by closing out the game or it was kind of like hey I'm giving you a chance uh, to come back here it, you can't really be upset right like what if they knocked Pujols out and then you know they had to bring in their closer uh, that would have been funny as hell and I have zero problem with it I oh, don't I, I have none I, mean, I understand there's that, people like, out there that were pissed about that though. Well, I'm sure that that list uh, had Chris Woodward as the as the president, right? Chris yeah. Woodward is the guy that's just like, oh, I thought Bush League swinging on 3-0 for Tatis, and then he's saying that Glaber had a Little League home run over the short porch when it would have gotten out in 26 to 30 ballparks. <laughs> Chris Woodward is just a curmudgeon, and I think that's because Marcus Simeon's hitting like a buck 40 right now. Correct. Um, With zero yeah, homers, he could use the short porch. Absolutely brutal. He could use the short porch. But, no, I, I've got no problem with it, um, and that's a chance for the Giants to tee off. I thought it was awesome that it happened on Sunday Night Baseball, like the standalone game national audience let's get Pujols on the mound right now they obviously have a feel that you know they are the biggest game of the night um and, and if anybody's gonna have a pitching appearance it's like Ichiro coming on the mound right mm -hmm. like it's Pujols it we don't need to see uh what Kate Donovan Casey out there yeah no that's not funny it's not cool. Like, yeah. no offense, Donovan Casey. Just sorry. I don't care. Or like, Brendan Donovan. Donovan Casey's Brendan, a gnat, right? Yeah, he Brendan, went over Donovan, the... Brendan Donovan. Or, I love Juan Yepes. Don't need to see on the mound. No. Um, I want to see Pujols. Can we talk about what Pujols did at the plate, too? Yeah. I mean, and Carlos Rodon, by the way, like, that wasn't good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, that wasn't right. good. I, it wasn't I, good. I, the VLO wasn't really down, though, was it? No, he was just leaving it over the plate. Like that's good though. That's fine. I'm, I, if he has a bad outing, that's fine. We know how it is with Rodon though. Like the shoulder starts to flare tapers up. Tapers off when you see ninety four instead of ninety eight in July. You know that his season's coming to an end. So hopefully that that's not what that was. It didn't look like it was. But but Albert Pujols, what a game! I mean, doubles in his first AB, singles in his set, and these were all like hard hit baseballs. And and then he walked a pair of times, and then also got on base with an error. In the seventh, so he got on base all five times to the plate. Um, he was he was looking fantastic, and like that's what they brought him on to do was spot start against lefties and crush. Uh, I had a friend that went to the Mets game. I grew up with him since we were two years old. My buddy Riley, 
Um, and my mom wanted, you know, to see him cause it's like a second son. So he came to the Mets game with us and then he was hanging out, you know, at my apartment after we're watching the games, waiting for the basketball game. And he's not a huge baseball fan. So I was like trying to get him interested in the game. It's a blowout. I'm like, all right, you know, like what could I tell him about this game to make him pay attention? Pujols gets up. He's like, Oh, I know Pujols. So I was like, watch him run. I was like, root for a hit so that you can watch him run. Mm-hmm. Pujols hit the double and he's running. He, my, my buddy spit his water out and was like belly laughing for about like five. Imagine you're not a baseball fan, right? And you know, you just assume that there's athletes. Across. And Pujols at one time was a phenomenal. Athlete. Oh yeah. But watching Pujols run, my buddy was belly laughing for about like 10 minutes just because of how funny it was. So he's watching locked in now rooting for a play at the plate. And what does he get later on a play at the plate um, and Pujols scores and he's dying, like rolling on the ground. And honestly, I thought about it and I watched it. I was like, we've kind of normalized this. This is hysterical. Look at this guy run. He's a, oh, he's a yeah. professional athlete. It's nuts watching this man run. No, it, it's like watching an old man run. It's, it's like watching, you know, somebody that like just typically doesn't run. <laughs> not even that, like not somebody that's out on a jog, like all of a sudden you have to go run to do something like, I, I don't know. You got, you know, your dog playing with another dog, like too, too aggressively and the owner's getting pissed. So you like do that jog over. Like that's what Pujols looks like when he's on the bases. It's, it was, it was bad, man. It was really funny. And then you got like Yachty doubling. With, yeah, to score pools and it's just like slow motion rotation of the bit. It, it was unbelievable. But but all that to say, pools look. He, he came into that game hitting like two oh nine, but he's still hitting for power. Another game with an extra base hit, driving and runs, walking. Like he he's a valuable piece. I think if you can if you can stomach the platoon DH against lefties, <laughs> <laughs> I I love him. I love him. I love having him in a lineup contributing to a capacity on a major league team. And like, he's filling his role. It's a stupidly niche role, but yeah. he's filling it. Well, that's a massive precursor that you just threw out. If you're okay with a platoon DH against left-handed pitchers <laughs> comment, then Albert Pujols is the guy for you. Let me tell you about my friend, Albert Pujols. He's what a great. mess. Um, it he's just great. looking at the box for St. Louis though, like, Yes, Pujols had a multi-hit day. Yes, Yadi Molina drove in four. Paul Goldschmidt had a three-hit day. Aaron Nato went yard. Tommy Edmond had a knock. Harrison Bader had a knock. Edmundo Sosa had two knocks. Juan Yepes had two knocks. This is the perfect blend. And, like, you know, you can talk about everybody, you know, good clubhouse chemistry, all that. Like, we heard about it with Atlanta. Um, what I love about St. Louis is they've got Yadi, Wayno, and Pujols, and those are the stars of the show. But then you've got the Dylan Carlson's and the Brendan Donovan's. And then in the middle, you've got the Arenados and the Goldschmidt's and the Edmonds. Like it's yeah. it's a very fun mix of old, new and, and current. I love it. I, I think it's a great point. You almost have like young, current and in old like it, it, there's you got all levels, all facets. And um, I, I was not a fan. I'll say this. I was not a fan in the early going of like the mic'd up players. I was, that was like my boomer take. I was like, this is weird. I loved the Bader interview. I think if you get the right players on there, it's great. If you get the guy that really is like struggling to juggle the two, which again, like that's fine. There's a lot of players that, you know, they need to be vehemently locked in. Bader's playing center field. He's focused, he's roaming, but he's able to do the, the like conversation and passing. 
it was really cool because, you know, I, I, I like Harrison Bader as a player. I don't know that much about him. Um, you know, my, my cousin played with him at UF and, and is friendly with him and says he's a great guy. That's all I know. You know, so to, to hear from Bader and talking, he was talking about like fashion and, and like he's super into clothing and, and nice stuff and like whatever. And just like what, who he is off the field was really cool. But then also just hearing about, you know, what he's doing in center, what he's thinking about, um, how he had one point that I absolutely loved. He said, offensively, there is so much out of your control. You know, you can do everything right and you're still going back to the dugout. Defensively, I feel like everything is in your control. You can put yourself in the right position. You can go make the play. You know, everything is kind of in your control. And that's why I love defense and I want to be the best defender because I feel like it's within my control. I thought that was the coolest shit ever. Oh, yeah. I'm here for the mic'd up guys. And he goes, look, I want that silver slugger. That's next for me. That's what I want to do. But I know in the field every single day, it's within my control to help my team win at the plate. There there's so much I can do, but I know that I'm going to have to weather the storm sometimes. And that's not him saying, Oh, I might be a bad hitter. That's just him saying I can literally be great every time I'm in the field. And that is so cool because baseball, it's true. You can only control so much in the box. There's too many variables. Yeah, and, and you don't hear that thought echoed by many because not many get the opportunity to speak that thought into existence. And you're right. like, And a lot of that has to come from the line of questioning. So like last week, I thought Justin Turner was awesome mic'd up, A, because he was the DH and he was just kind of sitting there and, and had a moment. Um, but B, the line of questioning was really good from yep. Boog Shambi. Um, oh, of course it was, though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Boog's, right. Boog's one of the best in the biz. And like Carl Ravitch struggles with it occasionally. Like the interview with Bryce Harper was terrible a couple of weeks ago. It was awful. But Bader, like he's a guy that is willing to, you know, move on with a solid enough question. And, and I think that's what Bader did. And I think Carl Ravitch got a lot out of him there. Um, so, no, I, I thought that was great as well. And I, I like that. And I love that defensive thought, too, because the things that aren't in your control in baseball, you know it. I mean, how many good pitches do we see now that are taken out of the ballpark? We uh, see so it, many well-executed pitches that are hit out. And, like, what are you going to do? You know, like, you're going to get mad at yourself? It's say, like, that's exactly where I wanted to put it. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just be like, damn. You know, and, and it's the same thing with hitting. Like, how often do you put a perfect swing on a good pitch? And it goes right into somebody's glove, right? And uh, what are you going to do? Should you have pulled that ball that was off the plate away? Like, no, <laughs> you did everything right. It is what it is. But like if defensively you're in the right spot, you get a good jump and you're, you're running towards a baseball. The only thing that's out of your control really is a defender, you know, a teammate running into you, you know, in the gap. That's like the only thing. And really, even if you're calling for it, you should be able to avoid that. So really everything is in your control there. I, I love that. Uh, but I also wanted to give a, a nod to one of, my, one of the goats who is doing goat shit right now, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. He's a productive baseball player right now. And I know he's the that's only a one low, they have. That's a low bar, but for a 39 year old guy that everyone, you know, really felt like he's washed over his last five games, small sample size, but over his last five games, 556, 550. 1000 slash line. <laughs> he has three straight games of two hits. So three straight multi-hit games, two home runs in his last three games. And now on the season, Jack, I'm not expecting it to sustain, but I'm going to enjoy it while it's happening. 297 batting average, 344 on base, 124 WRC plus from Miguel Cabrera. 
could you, what if he just fucked around and gave us a 60? Not sick, but like, what if he fucked around and gave us like 280 with, with 15, 20 bombs? That'd be so cool. I, I would start thinking that we get a 2023 from Miguel Cabrera. I, I think we are. You think we will? He's got one more year of like big guap. Why wouldn't you take it? Yeah, I guess. Take it. Okay. And then see what happens next year. He is the only productive hitter for the Detroit Tigers right now. Which is disgusting to think about. Are you starting to slam the panic button on Torkelson or no? Not yet. No, not yet. He, not I think yet, he's under 150 still. I think, I honestly think a lot of these guys are pressing a little bit. Like, there is a really legitimate issue going on with the psychology of Comerica and, and how big it is and how much these guys really struggle to be productive there. I think it's, it's mounting up too. I, I was, I, I wish I could properly credit the piece. Someone recently wrote a piece talking to players on the Tigers and, and, and about just like how a lot of them feel like they have to go pull side and try to do too much. And I wonder how much of that, you know, is, is affecting them too. I know Robbie Grossman was saying like, he's felt like he was losing too many hits in the gap. Um, you know, that just get run down. I know we know Castellanos was very outspoken about it. Uh, we know a lot of other players don't love hitting there. I just wonder if they're going to move the walls in at a certain point, because it is kind of a, it is a big adjustment when you're squaring up baseballs, especially these dead baseballs and they're not translating. So I wonder the psychology side of it too. It's like you, you, now you start to try to do too much. Yeah. hundred uh, percent torque hitting 150 or hitting 153 through 98 at bats. Um, so I don't know. It's not good. It's only 98 at bats. Uh, yeah, you're right. I guess I, um, I'm willing to give it some time. And, you know, I, I look at him and I'm just like, this guy's, he's still walking 13% of the time. The strikeouts 31%. It's not like off the charts egregious. He's still getting on base. He just needs to, if he hits 230, 240 with that walk rate and the power that he has, he'll be just fine. He's just, yeah. you talk about the cold weather all the time. Let's hope that he can just uh, warm up with the warmer weather. Just got this from his MLB bio as well. His middle name is Enox, E-N-O-C-H-S. What? Spencer Enox Torkelson. That's pretty sick. Has to be a family name. I have no idea what that means. We got to lean into that. Enox. Enox. Why does no one talk about that? Let's call him Spinox. He calls himself Spenny T. Let's call him Spinox. Spinox. That's I mean, crazy. That's a sick middle name. Spinox Torkelson. Um, what do you what do you got cooking on uh, justbaseball.com this week? Uh, we got a lot. We we got your we got your power rankings ready to roll. Um, which which I'm excited to uh to have people yell at you for. Yeah. Um, a few different profiles we're doing, which I'm excited about about like some players and and how they've been performing. We just put out. Uh, I just put some time into a Royce Lewis piece last week that. Um, breaking down the major swing adjustments he's made um, with a video. So you can kind of see, like, I, I found this thing called Giphy Cat and it's <laughs> awesome. Um, and and I got to give Fangraphs credit for, for using Giphy Cat. And I started experimenting with it. And so I can get like little snippets, like, you know, three second repeating, um, you know, clips of a guy's swing. And that's really helped me with this prospect breakdown or player analysis to show you side by side, like how things have changed. It makes the articles really cool. So check out that article on Royce Lewis. I think you'll really enjoy seeing like the swing adjustments he's made. We're going to do another one this week uh, on, on some other players that have broken out, have not decided who I want to dive into yet. Um, but some really good pieces out right now. We also have our highlight reel 
that yeah. comes out every day, right? So check that out. If you didn't catch the day in baseball, check out the Just Baseball highlight reel. It has all of the most important clips from the day before that you need to see um, if you want to know what went on yesterday and uh, the context of the play and, and basically gives you everything you need to know. Imagine like an episode of Quick Pitch and a quick digestible article with clips. Uh, that's exactly what you get. So I, I think that's 100% something that fans will really like once they get more used to it. And then a little bit more on the Bowman baseball product. And, you know, I know a lot of people have been ripping on loop, uh, which again, check out the link in the description. We now have sellers on loop wild cards trading. That's, you know, part of our family here at just baseball. Uh, yep. They're doing a lot of breaks on there with Bowman baseball. Uh, and again, if you use the link in the description, you will get a free $20 credit towards, you know, being able to open whatever you want. I know some people already DM me that they use the credit. Um, and pulled like a Curtis Mead, a couple nice. other people pulled some George Valera. So that's just free. It's free. Might as well give it a shot. Um, and I, I pulled a Brian Acuna, which is hilarious. Um, Brian Acuna autograph out of a hundred. And, uh, and Brian's the I'm, younger brother of Ronald. Is that right? He's 16. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to sell it immediately. Yeah. But they're going, it's going for a ton. It's going for a ton. Uh, the, the money, the amount of money a lot of these cards are going for is stupid right now. So I, I'm, I will indeed sell. Uh, but yeah, use that $20 credit and, and get your free Bowman cards while you can. Because if you pull Brian Acuna, you can sell it for a lot right away if you really want to, even if you don't want to hold on to it. But yeah, that's what we got going on all over. Phenomenal. All right, Peter and I will be back with you tomorrow morning. Uh, we're talking power rankings and we're going to talk uh, that, you know, the baseball is starting to fly a little bit more. So we'll talk to you then.